Welcome to Inside the Upside Down on the Mike Ricksecker audio journey on MikeRicksecker.com. Welcome to Inside the Upside Down. I'm Mike Ricksecker, author and ghost historian. With me, as always, Shauna Wankel, also a fantastic writer in her own right. Uh, we're going to be talking about hitchhiker ghosts this evening, those uh, vagabonds and drifters on the roadside that uh, are always necessarily alive. <laughs> I know some people are going to be wondering, because I talked about it this past weekend at the uh, Psychic and Paranormal Fair up in Cedar Rapids, that I was going to be doing the, um, or we were going to be doing, uh, Storming Area 51 and what that is all about. Um, Shauna, for the most part, is just going to be like, um, yeah, I believe in aliens, but you know, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. so that we could have a more... Um, so we can have a better conversation for you guys. We're going to be talking about uh, hitchhiking ghosts because there has been something recent that's popped up with this. And we're going to be doing the Storming Area 51 stuff um, uh, later this week. Uh, just watch the Haunted Road Media page, uh, Twitter, my personal feed and all that stuff uh, for some information on that. Because I'm going to be asking you guys some questions that we can talk about on that podcast. And actually, we'll maybe we'll do live or something with it. We'll, we'll see how that goes. So I see there's Tracy Christian, Diane Hilbert. Hello, our Fairy Queen. I don't think our Fairy Queen got a shout out on the shout outs uh, for the live on YouTube because her name didn't show up in there again. Um, there's Katie Birdie, David Y. Um, yep. Okay. Great to see everybody down in there. Thank you. So, yeah, hitchhiking ghosts. <laughs> You're kind of laughing. Because because mine scared the hell out of me <laughs> yeah yeah so um, shauna had a recent personal experience which is why we're talking about this this evening we're going to get into some other historic ones like route 66 um there's some in england there's resurrection mary we'll get into that stuff tom mcnicholas can also talk about resurrection mary he used to live right down the street from there uh, but shauna had something come up here just recently and then we've also had something happen together uh, but go ahead and tell what happened with you? It'll give me a chance to share everything out too. So, and share everybody, please. Yeah, I was I was just on my way home from work, just driving, just minding my own business. Um, you know, I wasn't really expecting anything or even thinking about anything. Um, I knew Molly was in the car with me because because she. <laughs> <laughs> because That's my phone. she's sorry, because, trying to share it out. <laughs> because she's in the vehicle a lot with me, and well, she's everywhere with me. But every once in a while, I'll glance over and I'll kind of see a little flutter of something, and I'll know she's there. And then I'll acknowledge her and be like, you know, uh, I'm on my way. So um, I've gotten used, like for a very long time, um, I always check the back seat of my car. Uh, before I get in, if I'm out in public, and, you know, to make sure nobody's laying down in the back seat, um, especially if I'm in a bigger area. And uh, so I'm driving down the road, and all of a sudden, um, from out of nowhere, I feel uh, someone 
say something like right next to my ear and um, it was a warm uh, breath and I could tell by the tone that it was possibly a male and I mean their their mouth like actually it actually moved my hair the air did and and it like touched my ear and scared the hell out of me um was I I wasn't expecting it totally caught me off guard I almost went off the road um and then that was it I mean I looked at my there was nothing you know in my back seat and I had turned around and finally you know I was just like you know over like get you know get out of my car you know get out of my car I didn't invite you you know I had to um, clarify to Molly Molly you stay whoever is back there needs to go Um, scared crap out of me (laughs) I mean I I totally was totally caught off guard like there was no even just a split second heads up or anything and usually whenever something's getting ready to happen there will be like a split you know second a moment where I'll feel like a little buzz of something Um, It doesn't tell me whether it's going to be good, bad, or whatever, just that something is about to happen. Um, I didn't get anything, but um, it always creeps me out, too, whenever a touch or, um, like, breath or something is warm, you know, because when Molly's around, you know, her touches is cold, it's cool, but it always just weirds me out when something is warm, because to me it just doesn't seem like it, it should be. Yeah, that's really different because normally when we, like we always talk about cold spots at different haunted locations and, you know, there's kind of the running joke when we're investigating someplace that's really hot that, you know, we hope we run into a lot of, you know, ghosts or spirits or whatever there so that they can cool us off. So that's really interesting that this was actually a a hot touch rather than a cold one. Yeah. Um, Upstairs in the room where we met Molly, there's a man up there, the one that I don't like. Don't know who he is, but whenever he gets hands-on, his touch is warm. Your sister's in chat, says, Shauna brings hitchhikers with her to my place sometimes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it's probably true, huh? Sorry. Yeah, so, and then there was the uh, the hitchhiker, and then we'll get into some of the historic ones and everything, and we'll, and we'll talk more. I know you guys are going to have questions, too. Um... There was the one that the first time that I brought you out to Ohio, we'd stopped at a rest area. It was actually um, on I-90 just east of Toledo. And, you know, we just did our usual thing, got some gas, got a snack, all that sort of stuff. It was at night. And from there, driving down the highway, there was somebody in the back seat. Yeah, I kind of, you know, blew it off the first time it happened because I just, I just felt my hair move. You know, and I was like, you know, could have been just the way my shirt was moving, the body, the movement of the car, whatever. You know, gravity just pulled a piece of my hair that was getting ready to fall, whatever. And so I blew it off. And then uh, because I blew it off, uh, whoever it was that was trying to get my attention uh, made sure that I noticed that it wasn't just some random because I actually felt, you know, a hand like on my face just, and I couldn't tell. I kind of feel like it was male, but I didn't see anybody. I didn't hear anybody. And I couldn't really tell that it was going to happen. Just all of a sudden, it was just there. Right. And we were like, 
<laughs> you know, you you cannot be here. You have to get out of the car. You know, and then we were wondering. Yeah, and I'm driving at like 75 miles an hour, and I'm turning around. <laughs> you need to get the hell out. You know, it's like, do you think? You know, so we kind of wondered. You know, that somewhere along that stretch of road, you know, was there a hit and run or something like that? Um, I mean, there have been plenty of accidents up and down yeah. that road over the years. Um, you kind of don't know in. You know, could it even be something that you know, hitched a ride from somewhere else, just dropped off there, decided to leave whoever it was with, and like, oh, I, these people look nice or whatever, tasty, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> decided to uh, jump in with us. I mean, it, that could always be. It could could have been somebody else's attachment that decided to ride along with us. Yeah. but And there's so many people in and out of these rest areas. So Yeah, I mean... You know, if you're going to get in the car, fine, but just respect your boundaries. You know, don't be putting your hands on me or anything like that. Um, it's probably okay. You know, some uh, Send some positive energy out for Wayne, Betty's husband. He's heading to the doctor tomorrow. Find out if what's going on is cancer or not. So um, send some positive vibes out that way. Um, I think also still available on Facebook is the uh, donation option for my birthday this past uh, weekend where YouTube or YouTube Facebook has that option to uh, do donations for a uh, birthday for a cause and I chose uh, one of the cancer societies so um, any donations of course are always greatly appreciated for that so all right um, so yeah this phenomenon though is you know, it's not new. It's something that's been reported for decades, basically ever since, you know, there have been motor vehicles. You know, there have been phantom cars, phantom hitchhikers. You know, even even really before motor vehicles, people would see, you know, ghosts along the side of the road, you know. I've seen that. Before there were motor vehicles? Well, I, I no, didn't think you were that no. old. No, you know what I mean? But <laughs> I, I've seen, I've seen phantom cars. You've, you've seen, yeah. And um, there's one here on 267 yeah. that you um, saw um what was that near bucks crossing somewhere yeah um or well just right here in town i saw just this car coming up at the intersection but there was no car there it was just there and gone so fast it just like a blink i remember it was a red car um but i remember you came home from work yeah, one night and yeah we saw just a it looked it like, like a it was person. a guy it was a guy walking um but he was there was really no there was not much color to him. He did look like he did not belong. Did what is wrong with this picture type thing? Mm-hmm. You know, he did not belong. Um, so yeah, I I truly believe you know that was definitely a, a spirit because um, I could see him. You know, and he was there long enough for my lights to you know get up on him and hit him. Um, but then he. Just, you know, first split second, he just wasn't there anymore. You know, where'd he go? Right. <laughs> so, and um, that's it's kind of the way it goes. Uh, Betty Lang is saying we had a hitchhiker car last month, late, dark, and scary. And that's kind of what people report a lot they'll see this person on the side of the road. Uh, they'll look out of place, might look out of time. Uh, and then sometimes, and this is kind of true, we'll, we'll just roll right into it. So, Route 66, and that actually does go through Illinois. So, it's the Mother Road. Uh, it's a decommissioned highway. It was very, very famous for um, a good stretch of the 20th century. 
this is actually it in Oklahoma in one stretch that is haunted and then this is an old piece of it uh, in Illinois and so um, yeah this connected Chicago with Santa Monica California and then people would use it to travel cross-country uh, the interstate highways basically killed this this particular highway um, as Parts of it were bypassed, then you know they basically got shut down. So in 1971, they decommissioned Route 66. Um, of course, all the nostalgia uh, has kind of been a big thing here the past couple of decades. People uh, remembering and recalling Route 66. Of course, the movie Cars was based off of it. Um, but what a lot of people report is stuff like this: the the vagabond walking on the side of the road. I mean, does this does this look like your guy? My guy wasn't quite so dark. Your guy wasn't quite so dark, okay. Yeah, in fact... That's, um, that's my son Chase, by the way. No. Well, <laughs> yeah, my, my guy, I mean, the, the he was... The coloring uh, kind of reminded me of Byron because he his clothing looked... Look, reminded me of like a like an like a faded like older photograph mm-hmm. coloring like okay you, like, like the if, sepia tone yeah like if you use like a filter or yeah. whatever um there was a slight bit of possibly a brown or something like that but the rest of it was just all like grays and mm-hmm. whites and it just didn't look um it was just a lack of color but it stood out with everything right. uh, around everything else because nothing else was you know, kind of apparition like yeah i was yeah. kind of like who is that you know and not brave enough to stop so you know well i'm not going to stop if there's a human on the side of the road either you know so right. it could be a trap and that could be waiting there to like get in your car and kill you or whatever mm-hmm. so you know i feel bad for hitchhikers but not bad enough to stop and help them. well you never Safety know what you're gonna first. get you could yeah you could get a, a gun to your face and it happens unfortunately um robert hannah says resurrection mary story is probably my favorite we'll we'll get to that one here in a little bit um fran legends say the hitchhikers take an item and leave it on a headstone i don't know about that legend i haven't heard that one um about headstones but what i usually hear is stuff like with with this one with the vagabond this was my son chase playing the part of the vagabond years ago um, back on the old channel when we did the uh, Fort Reno and Route 66 video. And so there are a lot of interesting stories associated with this particular vagabond on this stretch of road where um, he'll be walking down the side of the road and you'll see him. And a couple miles later, you'll see him again. You know, same guy, walking the same way, doing the same stuff. A couple miles later, see him again. And so you keep seeing him every couple of miles. This stretch of road is between El Reno and Weatherford, uh, Oklahoma. Other stories associated with him are sometimes he'll jump out in front of the car and you'll think that you have hit him and you get out and discover that nobody's there. Um, Some people have actually picked him up and he'll get in the car and some other things may happen, different reports of sometimes he'll freak out in the back of the car and you let him out because he's freaking out and then drive down the road, there he is on the side of the road again. Sometimes you'll pick him up take him into the back of the car and as you're driving down the road all of a sudden he disappears um there are some um 
you know, there have been accidents along that stretch of road, so there could be any number of people. This is one of the article, uh, one of the articles, five dies, busts its trailer. May or may not be any of these particular people, but always could be. And so, you know, here's uh, a photo of one of the wrecks along that stretch. Um, so it's, it's hard to know who the vagabond actually is. Um, a lot of times he's seen during these, you know, the misty weather or rainy weather. Um, it's usually when people see him and they, they take pity upon him because, like, oh, here's this guy walking out in the in the rain or on a cold, chilly night and it's misty. You know, people want to pick him up so he doesn't get hit by a car. And then, like I said, all those different things can possibly happen where he freaks out in the back seat, or he disappears or he jumps out in front of the car and you think you've hit him. And But it seems like whichever of those things happen you eventually see him walking along the side of the road again a few miles further up it's really weird so then i wonder it's it's probably a residual obviously or it just seems like a replay you know it's it's interesting because a lot of it seems residual where um and and people have asked us before and this has recently come up um in fact it was on it was a question that was uh part of the panel that we just had this past weekend um a kelly mccarvel's uh event where you know difference between uh residual haunts and intelligent haunts and can they happen at the same time and this is actually one of those cases where it is almost like having a residual and an intelligent haunt at the same time although the definitions of either one you you would almost think you could not possibly have that situation but the fact that you're always seeing this guy walking along the side of the road walking along the side of the road that seems residual but like when he gets in the car and starts freaking out that seems kind of intelligent you know, the jumping out in front of the road and getting seeing you think you hit him, that could be residual. But the actual getting in the car part is the moment where it's like, that could be intelligent. But then if you, some people have let him out, or, well, I guess I already said that. Um, some people have just let him out, though, before without the freaking out, I guess is what I meant to say. But they still see him down further along the road, which seems residual. It's weird. It's really weird. Um, and I've I've heard other stories about not necessarily just a hitchhiker, but other just entities on the side of the road, like um, like strange, ghoulish women with no faces and stuff like that. Um, so there's a lot of different types of spirits. Um, all right. So you guys had a lot of comments. I'm seeing if there's any questions down in here. Um. All right. <laughs> Robert Hanna, I was going to say residue haunting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... um, That one's almost like really hard to tell. <clears throat> I would generally say residual haunting, but um, just some of those little moments in there seem almost very intelligent in nature. So some other ones, and then we'll see what you guys have for questions. So the A229 in... This is in England, and so this is a, uh, this is kind of a, well, not kind of, it is a horrific case. So this is one where you can actually trace it back to a particular accident with, it was a uh, night before the wedding, and terrible crash along this highway, and the three girls, including the bride, did die. 
So here's the three girls. Um, and this is the area here where the accident actually happened. And there's a lot of different reports of, you know, seeing the girl. And this is basically a residual haunt. All the reports out of this are residual. Where, kind of like that vagabond again, she'll step out into the road and you're, you think you hit her. Um, some people have reported picking her up and they drive down the road and then she gets out and then she disappears. Um, headed apparently to the wedding. So um, the wedding was in Chatham. So down this stretch of road is uh, where the wedding was supposed to be. And so people will pick her up and drop her off here and then she'll just disappear. So it seems very, very residual in nature and very sad as well because, you know, of course she, it was gonna be her wedding the next day. Mm-hmm. So definitely more residual stuff there, but that's the type of reports you get with these hitchhikers. Um, Don Francisco, we have a teenage girl called Little Egypt that died on her way to the prom here. If you go to the road, now it's going to say, uh, Residue haunting. Maybe it's just residual. The autocorrect getting flipped to residue. Uh, residual haunting. Uh, down, roll down the window, and she will ride with you. Yeah. Um, so Sherry asks, can there be more than one? Like maybe he cloned himself and be multiple of him at the same time. So a clone of the same spirit. I don't know how that works. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know about cloning the spirit. Like, I, I don't know who would be in control of, of that. Or like, you know, if it's the presence is so strong that it like, boop. <laughs> you know, what's that one movie called? Um, Which one? Multiplicity. Oh, Multiplicity with uh, Michael Keaton. and Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I like that one. Um, yeah, and they ended up making a copy of a copy and he's just like, all he wants to do is eat pizza, and he, he calls the guy Steve, and that's not even his name. Hi, Steve. <laughs> I used to, uh, my son Colin, I would, when he was really little, and he saw the movie, I would start calling him Steve. <laughs> but he knew what I was talking about, so yeah. <laughs> uh, Kathy Siliento says, I had a strange experience while driving. I was on my way to work. I was running a bit late, so I was driving kind of fast. I was coming up on a bad curve, coming off the bridge something tapped me very hard on the shoulder i had hit the brakes and slow up a bit to see what the heck that was i was alone in the car which made me turn around and look and see if someone was back there as i slowed up and turned around the look to look i got a flat tire the hubcap flew off the tire thank Mm -hmm. goodness i slowed down as i drove off the uh curve i guess is what it's supposed to be so okay well i'm I'm glad you're okay um yeah be careful of course you know somebody's apparently trying to get your attention but still be careful because you are driving so um tom mcnicholas says spirit always picks the person and follows them do they is is this uh, is this in reference to something else that i missed okay um heather Steele asks, what if it was identical twins instead of clones I mean, that's actually a good point because with some of the accidents on that stretch of road, multiple people died. I don't know specifics about those people that were in the articles. I could look it up, but that's a good question. What if a set of the people that were in the accident, five dying in one crash, 
What if a couple of them were twins? Could be. Good point. Good point. Mm-hmm. All right, then we'll hit the uh, the other one. So those are very very similar. Uh, the A two twenty nine and then uh, what's called um, Route sixty six. So then there's Resurrection Mary. Tom, you can chime in on this down there. So basically, the you know the legend is that uh, Mary was at a uh, local dance hall, and um, you know she never made it home that night. And basically, somewhere along this road, um, Archer Ave, she she died. And what happens is that people will uh, see her. She'll ask for a ride, and she'll get in the car and will ask to be dropped off at Resurrection Cemetery. Now, the gates in this photo are open, um, but at night they are closed. And what will happen is when she gets dropped off in front of the gates, people will like turn around again and then suddenly she'll be behind the gates um other people have reported like they'll drive by the cemetery and they'll see her behind the gate um holding the bars uh with her hands and so it looks like i have something behind there um oh yeah the articles let me turn those off real quick uh so they've they've had to replace the the gate here so you can see the bars uh, as they are now all fixed up, but then these are the bent bars here, which you can almost really see indentations there from her fingers. Um, and so this is where she's supposed to be holding the bars. Um, so Tom McNicholas is saying Archer Ave has always been a haunted road. So Tom used to live down the street from there. So he's very familiar with this story. So Tom, have you actually ever seen Resurrection Mary? Um, that would be pretty interesting if you have. So there's a couple of ideas as to who she may be. So one is Marie Bregovy, um, the uh, crash locally in the area. So, okay, Resurrection Mary. Uh, you'd have to change Marie to Mary. And then the other one is uh, Anna Norcus, which I, get, I don't know if it was her middle name or a nickname, but it was Mariha. Um, and so she's the other possibility as to who Resurrection Mary may be. But, um, yeah, so that's the Resurrection Mary story. And, again, it's another one. She's on the side of the road. People pick her up, and they drop her off, and then all of a sudden she's just gone. She disappears. Yeah, or she does the weird uh, thing with the bars there. So um, Tom has never seen her, but... Yeah, he has lived in the area and knows a lot of the legends, of course. Um, Looks like there are some stories or questions back here. We'll check them out. Um, Robert Hanna, there's a road near where I live that's supposed to be haunted by a guy holding a lantern, pulling people over, asking them if they've seen his daughter. He's said uh, to be seen near an old tree. Interesting. Uh, Don Francisco, I was in a nightclub called the Baja in St. Charles. Sitting at the bar all night, I kept getting tapped on the shoulder and nobody was there. Greg Rinkin told me that nightclub is haunted as a teenage boy who is mischievous. I guess he was the one messing with me all night. So you're familiar with this. I think it's the Baja Rock Club, if I remember okay. correctly. I've never actually been in it, but uh, I'm familiar with the name, though. Yeah, well, that's in that's in this area. I mean, St. Yeah. Charles is, that's, well, that's where we had the Golden Rod event. That's uh, Salt and Smoke. 
Mm. <laughs> Great food. Yeah. Uh, we like St. Charles. I, mean, I haven't been there either, of course. But um, so local haunt. We might have to check that out. Cool. Um, so what else you guys have here? Um, let's see. And Tom says Anna is the one most so, uh, mostly associated to Mary. Okay. Thanks for clearing that up. Yeah. I mean, just from my research, um, those two came up. So. Uh, that's who I included. So um, there was one other that I was going to mention. I didn't have any slides for it, but it popped up in my head as we were talking, and now it kind of escaped me because other things came up. <laughs> um, yeah. So Tom says the bar across the street from the cemetery still puts out a Bloody Mary for her at the corner of the bar. Really? Mm, Is that like a cool. nightly thing? That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a nice tribute. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, what was the other story I was going to mention? Darn it. Got off track. Short-term memory, gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I, I mean, it's really interesting, all the uh, you know very similar stories from, oh, I remember what it was, is the Headless Peddler. So this is before... Um, as we talked about it earlier, you know, before automobiles, there were still stories like this, just a little bit different. And so, with the uh, with the headless peddler, this is a Maryland uh, story. And you know, a long time ago, there was a uh, a peddler who was murdered. His stuff was stolen. He was decapitated in the attack. And so, when they buried his body, they buried his body near the roadside where. Uh, he had been killed and I forget the reasoning behind it uh, but they didn't bury the head with the uh, body and I think maybe it was they, they couldn't find it when they went to bury him or whatever the heck it was and so for for years people would see the headless peddler you know the, the guy who got murdered walking up and down the road and then at times pointing at the ground with a stick and nobody could figure out for a long time what the heck the deal with the stick was. But he'd walk up and down the road. People would see him all the time. And then finally, there was a local farmer who, or maybe it was a mill or whatever the heck it was, he was digging up the some of the land and came across a skull. Uh, they determined that it was a human skull. And his brain just kind of clicked. Well, maybe this is the skull of the headless peddler. So they went to the burial site of where the headless peddler was buried put the skull on the body reburied it and they never saw the headless peddler again so they think that what the peddler was doing was pointing at the ground with the stick as to where his head was so <laughs> that's a fun story um in any case but yeah that was you know before before automobiles there were still you know haunted roads you know, you hear about, and of course, there's uh, Sleepy Hollow, the Headless Horseman, which actually there is truth behind that legend. And um, when I was in Rhode Island, Christopher Rondina, who had a table next to me, he actually did research into uh, the whole legend of the Headless Horseman and, you know, brought it all the way back to Europe and Germany and all that where the original story comes out of. So mm -hmm. there's actually some truth into that legend. Good. Good. I like it when urban legends have some truth in them. Yeah. 
I was supposed to get that book from him, but then he ended up having, ironically enough, car problems and couldn't make it the second day. <laughs> um, from Heather Steele, can a spirit on a road reach out to certain people in dreams? When I was younger, I had a very lucid dream about a spirit on a local road. He was dressed in 1700s clothing and cried out for me to help him. Then I woke up. Um, I don't see why not. You know, if it's an intelligent spirit, you know, if they choose to try to interact with you, then sure. Yeah. Now, if it was just a, uh, like a residual hunting, a playback, probably not. Um, and this is kind of an interesting thing, though, but the intelligent spirit of that residual haunt could reach out to you. Because they're two different things. So, like, let's say this. So, a uh, you're seeing... The drifter, the vagabond walking on the side of the road. It's just a residual hunt. He's walking on that, that part of the road every, you know, October 14th. You know, and there he is. So that's a residual hunt. But his actual intelligent spirit could be elsewhere hanging out at his house or whatever. The energy trapped there plays back every October 14th or whatever. But his real spirit is wherever it is. What? Can they separate like that? Can you have... A one person that's passed it's on and have the two it's not a separation. at the same time. It's not a separation. The the residual haunt is just a capturing of energy. Is who know we don't know why it's played back, but every once in a while, pff, there it goes. You know, it gets played back. It's just a capturing of energy and a playback. So it's not an actual spirit. We can call it a ghost. You know, the ghost of the event that happened. But it's not the actual person's spirit. The person's actual spirit is somewhere else. So the two things can exist. The actual playback of the event and the person's spirit show up somewhere else. So I hope that answered the question. I kind of threw you off there for a second. I was like, mm. <laughs> You're like, what's this guy talking about? You know, and would the two be in the same place at the time? Be like, hey, that's me. That's me you see right there. You could. You could. Your intelligent spirit could go back and witness the event, which would be probably like, be traumatizing. Be like, hello, pay attention. That's me. Yeah. That's me right there. Oh, yeah. we could make a movie on that. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe the maybe the spirit, uh, the actual intelligent spirit keeps trying to bring people back there to watch the event because maybe there's some little detail that people keep missing and they want them to make sure, they look at this part here. What do you think? Dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so what else you had, guys have? Uh, Tim Schoen says, there was a story in nearby Moline of a spirit walking up and down what is now known as the Avenue of the Cities or something like that. Read about it in a book I used to have. All right. Very cool. Yeah, there's a lot of those different Hunter Road stories. They're very cool. Um Let's see. Hello, Tanya Hane. Speaking of twins. Oh, is she in there? Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. Melanie Badger. That's the Haglin. Uh, do quite a bit of off-roading. The Mojave Trail, an extension of the Spanish Trail Mormon Road, has some eerie vibes. I've heard horses, bootsteps, and seen a few things can't explain, especially strange out in the middle of the deserts. Well, but if it's part of... But if it's part of one of those trails, the Spanish Trail, Mormon Road, um, you know, not everybody survived those long treks. And so um, I would imagine along that, there's probably unmarked graves. I mean, they probably would have been marked at the time that they died. Um, 
but any of those like you know the like the Oregon Trail and yes it was a video game but it people really made that trek um, from the Midwest out to Oregon and you know, many times you know on the old wagon trails people would die and you know they they do some last rites and bury them and put a marker but the markers would deteriorate over time and so there's a lot of unmarked graves out on those trails so um, that's not uh, surprising um, so Kathy Silento loves the story of the Headless Horseman very cool I'm, I'm behind <laughs> uh, Betty Lange how far can a hitchhiker go that's a good question I don't know you think maybe if uh the event that happened to them was traumatic enough it would keep them bound to the same stretch of highway um well i mean if it's just a playback i expect that could probably only resonate so far out right you know um as far as like an intelligent spirit that could go wherever i think a lot of them feel trapped and so they just contain themselves within an area uh, but a playback is probably confined. Tom McNicholas says, when you come to the Chicago Ghost Con, you'll you'll see and be in the entire area where Resurrection Mary traveled. Oh, we're going to have to do a Resurrection Mary video. That's in October, middle of October. Uh, Tom, you can throw the dates in there. And also, Spook Show Con's coming up here in August, August 17th. So, was it 17th, 18th? So be sure to come to that. Uh, let's see. What else you guys have? Uh, Don Francisco, two blocks from my house, there's a black metal fence that runs along a property. And for the last 23 years, whenever I drive by, I see a shadow person standing there day or night. But I'm very unnerved by the shadow person. Uh, I have wanted to approach it and talk to it, but something is holding me back. I do pick up that the person died there, but it's too weird even for me. Hey, Don, I'm doing a uh, book on shadow people. <laughs> It'd be very cool if you could actually walk up to that shadow person and ask it some questions and interview it like we've all wanted to do. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> At least if you go and check it out and just kind of report back what you see, that would be cool too. <laughs> so, um, Let's see. Tom McNicholas, when I was driving back from Salem, Mass., we got the Mass Turnpike and heard a loud scream and thought I hit something, pulled over, and there was nothing or any mark on the car, though thought a witch was following me home. Um, where along the Mass Pike? Um, because I used to live in Massachusetts, so I would be really interested to hear where that was. Um, cool. Um... Let's see, there's some shadow shadow people conversation going on down in there. That is awesome. Um, so, yeah, um, I've been working a lot on the shadow person book lately, at least as much as I can, can with all the traveling that I've been doing. Um, hoping to get it out by the holidays. That's the goal. That's the goal. So... Um, yeah, so Don's going to try to approach the shadow person. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Trying to think. I know there was another uh, story that popped in my head here um, just a moment ago. Hey, there's uh, Donna Nunnally. Hi, Donna. How you doing? Sorry I haven't been at Zen lately. Been on the road a lot. <laughs> I've been there. Shauna's been there. <sighs> yeah. Because yep. I got some selenite pyramids for each yes, side of the that bed. Was a Excuse me, that was a fantastic birthday present. Thank you very much. Appreciate that, for sure. So it's supposed to help with uh, nightmares, which 
I wasn't even telling you that I was having nightmares, but yeah. Yeah, you did. Well, I ended up, but I hadn't for a long time. Well, maybe this will make well, it should that help. stay at bay, yeah. you know? I and hope so. And a dream catcher. And a dream catcher. I need to put the dream catcher up. So Tom says, just outside Boston. Okay, I, was, I lived in Western Mass, but okay. Um, okay, uh, Nichelle Thompson, are there any places in Ohio that have ghost travelers or spirits like that that travel with people? Uh, where there was that rest area that we talked about before, uh, that was just outside of Toledo. I'm trying to think uh, any places that have ghost travelers or spirits that travel with people. Um, I'm trying to think offhand because most, I mean, most of the places that I've gone to in Ohio that are haunted usually, I mean, the, they stay there. Um, you know, I have when I was at like Ohio State Reformatory, you know, told them, okay, you guys got to stay here. Uh, that sort of thing. Well, I think we did that when you were there too. Because there was stuff mm -hmm. that was kind of reaching out to you while we were there. Yeah, there was some pretty interesting stuff there. And it wasn't at night. And there was other people milling about. So um, I was just kind of looking for like, you know, it was just going to be, well, there's not going to be much investigating because it's pretty much like a public hunt. And right. there's going to be people walking around. Nobody's going to be on the same page about it and stuff like that. So just that, you know, stuff happened there. And and there were times whenever there was no people, you know, we kind of break away from the from the pack a little bit and wander. And it's a great place. I would go back. Talking talking about haunted Ohio roads, the closed section of Gore Orphanage Road where mm -hmm. you got the buzz in the ear. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that was a good one. That was, but and there was a war heads up, a little bit of a heads up that something was going to happen because I was just like walking along, and all of a sudden, mm, what is that? And then all of a sudden. <laughs> And what did it feel like? Oh, I felt like I someone put a vibrator in my ear. <laughs> That's exactly what it felt like. It. Yep. <laughs> it was funny though because it was so unexpected, and then it was it was kind of similar to the vibrating hand on the back of my skull uh, on the other side of the pool at Mineral Springs. And it was just like, whoa, <laughs> it, it just, mm. and it's always, you know, you never, sometimes you don't really feel it, you know, before it happens. And then just all of a sudden it's this significant just buzz and it's like, hey, oh, now both twins are in the house. Oh, cool. Yay. Heather's still laughing at you. Um, <laughs> the, it's true the though. big laugh face, that's that's awesome. Yeah, uh, Nichelle, so yeah, I, I remember you live in, the, live in the Cleveland area. Uh, so that closed down portion of Gore Orphanage Road, not too far from Vermilion. Um, and it got closed. There was, a, again, urban legends. People were saying that the road got closed down because there were kids hanging down at the old ruins of the mansion that would terrorize motorists as they were coming down the hill. No. The road got closed down because of a big storm in, I think it was 1968, that was basically like, it was on the 4th of July, it was like a hurricane coming in off of the lake. Um, people were literally like getting picked up off the ground during this storm. 
and basically that storm wiped out that section of the road it's it's a, basically a cliff yeah you can see like the part of the rail where the guardrail came like the whole road that you know held the guardrail just went yeah it's like there's yeah. not even a full lane up there i mean it's like a little path and then tr yeah. straight down so to the river like like hugging yeah. the side of the you know whatever yeah. going through there but yeah it's kind of crazy it's worth it though because it's a cool hike you know you're taking it's a historic walk you know yeah it's a part of history yep yep and a lot of um mistold history at that so um Robert Hanna says, I did Friday Night Ghost Rights Marathon. Cool. Thank you, Robert. Appreciate that. Binge Glad you watch. enjoy those. Yes. Binge as much as you can. Um, Don is saying, laughing. I mean, it, uh, it's true. You know, another, uh, it's like you're, even you're like your cell phone being on vibrate. You know, it's yeah. just, it was a really strong buzz. And totally unexpected. It's like, you know, now what? Yeah, you and know? unfortunately, I had the camera turned off at that point in time because we'd already gone all the way up, did everything at the top, and so, you know, we are just come back down. So it's like, eh, you know, we don't need too much footage of us walking back down. And, of course, that's when something happened. Yeah. Man. And just, there was nothing, there was, there was nothing, you know. I wasn't expecting anything, so I wasn't just anywhere particular. And all of a sudden, you know, I was looking up towards, you know, I was on that right side. Like some wood, a little bit of mm -hmm. you know whatever, and just you know, it just basically just stopped me in my tracks, and there was not a you know I slowed down. There was like I was just walking along, and it's like wait a minute, what's that? And then, and then buzz. There it was, and I just like <laughs> stopped. It was like something just you know latched onto me. I didn't feel anything, you know, just that, just whatever that was. But and then there was nothing else after that. Betty Lange has an Illinois question. She says, in Illinois, I think there is a blood cemetery that has a bridge near where people claim a car follows them. Is that sound familiar at all? Is that the blood point? Um, it's supposed to have some like really dark story to it, some kind of dark energy attached to it. I guess we're going to have to look that up. Yeah. So I was, someone was talking about it um, not too long ago. I can't remember. I mean, there's always the urban legends of the car following them with the, you know, with the headlights off or whatever that is. I mean, yeah. those are goofy. One that's kind of interesting, though. Um, okay, so Black Bear Church and Cemetery. The cemetery's right across the road. Um, the guy that first introduced me to that when it comes to cars. So the church has a lot of different uh shadow entities associated with it you know there's the crawler that i always talk about and it also has these like little short shadow people that are supposed to peer in the windows and they don't actually come inside because that's supposed to be like the crawler's domain or whatever um but what he reported was that um you know they were seeing those short those short shadow people and there was like this huge gust that came up out of the basement that like blew them backward which is, that's kind of usually the crawler's domain and they decided to get out of there and when they got to the car they were seeing like these fingerprints and like nail prints and stuff like that down the side of it and then they got in and started driving away and they were seeing like the, the handprints appear on the back of the car so um that was his first hand account and i just have to comes down to whether 
I believe him or not. So, but considering I have had a lot of crazy experiences at that particular church, it's like, eh, he might not have been lying about that. So, um, let's see what else you guys got down here in the chat. We are getting a little bit close to the end, I guess. Um, how much time we have left here? Yeah, we got. Remind me. I'm gonna look it up. So. That blood. I yeah, that blood. I think it's Blood Point. Blood Point. Okay. I want to say. And I think it's <clears throat> north of here or something like that. Robert says he loved the video on the faceless nun. Thank you very much. That was the latest Friday Night Ghost Fright, which was a couple of weeks ago now because I've been on the road for the last couple of weeks. Um, all right. So, so Andrew Cox says he's seen a shadow person at Malvern Manor. Very, very cool. Um, so Heather Steele asks, sounds silly, but can spirits take the form of vehicles? I mean, there are ghost cars. So then you were talking about that a little bit earlier. Yeah, I and totally unexpected. And it was my first one, really. I mean, I was coming up and they had a stop sign. Um, but... You know, I didn't, I'm usually pretty aware of my surroundings when I'm driving just for safety purposes, especially in a rural area because you never know when a kid's going to, you know, come popping out of their, you know, yard or whatever. And I was taking the back way, a back way, so there was going to be a lot of that. And so I, I was watching, but then all of a sudden I see this red car coming and then it was just a flash of when it was just there and it was gone. And there was nowhere for it to go because I was right there. And, you know, it, it would have had to cut me off or it would have just, it would have had to swipe me going the other way. And then there was nothing there stopped at the intersection. It was just a quick flash of a car and then it was gone. So, um, I have also seen a ghost cat before too. <laughs> Not too long after I moved here, um, my car was uh, in the shop, local shop, for a couple of days, and I had to walk to and from work at the old place. So it right. was quite a bit of a trek. And all of a sudden, there was a cat next to me. And then just, it was gone? It was just boom. It was there for, you know, about a block, and then it was just gone. Wow. Okay. I was like, I was like, oh, hey, you know. So I didn't touch it or anything. You know, I'm just like, hey, how's it going? And then I'm just... You know, walk along. I look down again and mm-hmm. gone. Yeah, there have been a lot of, uh, but when it comes to ghost cars, there have been a lot of reports of, of ghost cars, you know, people seeing, um, you know, phantom like headlights coming up behind them and it turns out to be some old car and it was along a stretch of road in which, you know, some sort of accident happened. And then those are usually residual haunts, is what they turn out to be, just a playback of, you know, something that had once happened. So, uh, Linda Miller asked, I forget where it was, but wasn't there a movie based on a true story about a bus of kids that got hit by a train, and if you stopped on the tracks, it would push your car across the tracks, and you could see their handprints? Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of what the name of that movie was. It was like Handprints or Fingerprints or something like that. Um, it was with Lou Diamond Phillips, and what was really cool for me about that particular movie, it was filmed in Guthrie, Oklahoma. The uh, the train station that was used was the old Santa Fe Rail Depot, um, which is very haunted. Um, the uh, the mistress from the Harvey Girls is is haunting there. Um, 
the Stone Lion Inn was used in that movie. So there are scenes filmed within the Stone Lion Inn, uh, as well as some other locations around the town. So, um, yeah, I mean, the movie itself was okay, um, but just the fact that they used Guthrie as a uh, <clears throat> as the setting. I mean, it's, it's not Guthrie like in the storytelling. It's not Guthrie, Oklahoma, but that's the town that they used to film at. So, um, so cool stuff. Um, as far as what the story was based on, um, I mean, yeah, you get the, uh, <clears throat> a lot of times those are, uh, urban legends. There, there are several locations of cars, train tracks, or like a gravity hill where people will push the car and sometimes you see the handprints and stuff like that. So there's a lot of those types of urban legends that are around. And so I expect at some point in time, there was some truth of there, yeah, there was a, it was the bus of kids, or maybe it was a, you know, maybe there was a couple of kids that died in a car accident, or whatever it was, like hit by a train, or, um, or whatever other accident happened along that road. And over time, you know, the story got changed up. So Kathy Silianza says it is Bloods Point Road. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right, uh, I have six app updates available. Thank you, Adobe. <laughs> um. This is from Jesse Van Van Buskirk. Uh, can spirits take the form of a human in animal morph? So, like shapeshifters. I still claim to have an experience with that. Although I never saw it shift into an animal, it didn't feel like a human. It did look human, but the animal, or but the vibe that I got was that an animal was nearby, and when I looked, it was a human. Okay. And so I kind of wondered, you know, it was kind of a bit weird. And so then I kind of just, you know, the thought that it might be both um, just kind of entered my head, you know, for a split second. And I entertained the thought for a minute and I thought about it for quite a while afterwards. And But then I, I didn't have any proof because I didn't see anything other than a human. Um, but it felt like an animal was nearby, and when I looked up expecting to see one, and who knew what I was expecting to see, because I live near the woods, mm-hmm. um, it was human. Yeah. There are a lot, a lot of uh, Native American legends about shapeshifters, and, um, you know, I, well, I mean, you can, I say Native, I mean, yes, they do, but you can even go back into you know, ancient Egypt and find stories of shapeshifters. So, uh, I have to believe that at some point in time, there was some validity to those stories. And so there may be some of those still out there. Um, Tom McNicholas says blood point road and blood point cemetery is in cherry Valley. So we're gonna have to make a trip to cherry Valley. Um, so Michelle Thompson, do they have to be ghost cars? Can it be like ghost trains or buses or anything like that? Yeah, that happens too. I've, I've heard um, of ghost trains pulling up into the station and, and things like that. So those happen. Not as often, I guess, because there's more vehicles, um, yeah. motor vehicles. But yeah, those happen. Um, yeah, Gravity Hill being an optical illusion. Yeah, that can happen. Um, Betty Lange says, I think the family was named Blood. Yeah, in fact, I, I knew somebody with the last name of Blood. So it, it is an actual last name. Um, let's see what else you guys have. Linda Miller says that she's had a similar experience as you. Okay. 
Uh, Jesse says, I saw it as a kid, so it was worth a question. Um, and here's Don Francisco, Native American Indians along the Pacific Coast, believe that dolphins are actually the spirits of their children that have died. Interesting. Hmm. Um, Kathy Siliento, question for Shauna. You pick up a lot of children's spirits. Have they ever asked you to find their families or mom or dad? Not out loud. And I'm not like inside my head either. Like none of them have ever asked me to help them. They just kind of, kind of hang with me. So I, I it's kind of like they see you as the mother figure, right? Yeah, I, I kind of have to assume that if they wanted my help, they would ask. Okay. You know, so maybe mom or dad or whatever is nearby, and then I'm just this, oh look who's come to play with me type of person. You know, I've never had one ask me for help. I've about, found that even like weird. Byron was just kind of hanging out, even though he came to the house and all that stuff, he was just hanging. Yeah, like okay. not once did I hear, you know, or did I feel like he was wanting me to help him with anything. Um, I I haven't really had really any spirits ask me for help. Hmm. You know, now we did have one in the back room um, whenever, whenever Rita was in the cafe, um, specifically call out for her and say, Rita, help me. Oh, okay. Um, there was also, it was um, documented that there was a man that got um, stabbed on the property and was drugged into that back room. They put his body back there and he gotcha. died back there. So okay. that that was, you know, there was an actual human back there that, that was stabbed and died back there. So, um, yeah, I had the woman at um, Ferry Plantation ask me for help for basically to tell the staff that she didn't like the the wake that was set up because they had the best parlor set up in the motif of a wake happening at there there at the house and she didn't like that so you know you, you hear the EVP is clear as a bell help me you know um, and then you know the other, the other stuff that got after that was about the wake that was set up so um I can't remember which cemetery we were at. I think it was Summit Grove, Rita and I. And we had an EVP of a woman whenever I was like walking nearby, say, help her hear me. Okay. And I didn't hear anything. You didn't hear it, though. Okay. But. Um, Betty Lange asking, has a hitchhiker ever screamed out loud? So, yeah, going back to the Route 66 story with that, uh, that vagabond, that drifter, sometimes when people would stop and he would get in the car, after driving down the road a little bit, he would start like freaking out on them. So um, I think some of that in- included screaming, and then they just let him out. Um, other times, other reports he wouldn't do that, and he'd just drive along and just disappear. Or sometimes they drop him off somewhere. But there are some reports where he would just start freaking out in the back. So you know there was some more vocal type interaction there with him. Um, so. Uh, We'll kind of start wrapping it up here, but Robert Hanna says, there's a road here in my neck of the woods that's supposed to be one of the most famous haunted locations in Wisconsin called Witch Road. Legend has it that a witch lived in the woods. You can still see the remains of her house in the woods. They say if you go there on a full moon, you can see a little girl peeking behind the trees, see balls of light hovering over the ground. Oh, well, let's go there. Sounds a little bit like the, the legend of Maul Dyer from Maryland because there's... Um, of course, she was wrongly accused of witchcraft and all that. We, we cover her story on the uh, witch video. 
I mean, it uh, has a witch, it has balls of light, and it has a child. So So that's a recipe for me to go. That's your complete checklist right there. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. Cool. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so Betty Ling is asking where that's at since she's in Wisconsin. Uh, They have Witch Gulch near here, and Dell's Boats uses that story. Oh. Oh, I guess they do. Forgot I I I took the the boats in the Dells when I was in high school. Yeah, okay. Um Don says another super interesting place to investigate USS San Diego, uh the USS Midway. Or is in San Diego, USS Midway. Aircraft carrier that's seen many wars. There's it uh residual and intelligent hauntings. Um it's very overwhelming. Yep. Kathy Sealing to a road trip to Wisconsin. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. All right, so I think that is going to wrap it up. Thanks for joining us tonight about Hitchhiker Ghosts. For those that listen to the podcast version of this, please go ahead and uh, follow us or subscribe to the podcast on whichever podcast platform that you're listening to. And on the uh, YouTube replay, of course, subscribe to the Haunted Road Media YouTube channel. So I'll give a couple of quick shout-outs here. Kind of scroll back through here. There's Tim Schoen. Good to see you down there, Tim. Kathy Siliento, Don Francisco, Robert Hanna. It's Betty Lange. Um, Dave Wilkerson is in the house. There's Sherry, your sister. Uh, Robert Hanna. Heather Steele's in the house. Um, Linda Miller, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Tracy Christian. And this actually let me scroll a little bit more than usual. Uh, Jesse uh, Van Buskirk. And Tammy and Tanya Hain. Yeah, you saw Tammy and Tanya Hain. Uh, I'm just... I, I guess they came in and didn't actually say anything. Dwight Tiger. Yeah, um, who else do we have? Michelle Thompson, thank you very much. And uh, Melanie Baggy, um, that is the Haglin. Stacy Comiskey, thanks for hanging out. Um, Heather Steele says, I love the stream. I watched while out for a night walk. Perfect mood. Awesome. Hmm. Great. Happy we could uh, join you for the walk. Donna Nunnally from It's Raining Zen. Yep, Donna Nunnally came in. By the way, we're going to have to stop in because there's new barbecue place yes. inside. Yes, got to check and out the barbecue. Barbecue, just yep. got to do it. Tom McNicholas, I was just in the Dells. Yeah, he was. And so, uh, Tom, we'll be seeing you soon. So, Spook Show Con, just a couple weeks here, August 17th and 18th. So, uh, check out the Facebook event for that and uh, come join us that is in DeKalb, Illinois so that's in just about two and a half weeks might be there Sean just got a new job Yeah. so we'll so have to see if she's actually able to make it may or may not be there <laughs> I may have to pick an yep. event and, you know so yes and uh, also uh, more positive energy out for uh, Betty's husband uh, Wayne so alright everybody You have a great night, and uh, we will see you next week.